Most of you probably don't know that this summer I started taking a course to become a personal fitness trainer. Now, don't worry, I did this on my own time. Right. So this was over six weeks, um, and I had three hours of classes on Thursday night, and then three hours on a Saturday afternoon. This was our textbook, all right? So this was not some weekend, fly-by-night kind of course. This is heavy enough to do some squats with here, just warm-ups. So. Um, And one of the things I learned in my physical fitness trainer class was that you can always do whatever you're doing, two more reps, okay? <laughs> so um, we're going to work on deltoids right here. This is this muscle at the top of your shoulder. We're going to work on the middle part of the deltoid here. So we're going to do some lateral flies, okay? So we're just going up like this. And so whatever you do, your physical fitness trainer is going to say, give me two more I know you got two more in you, all right? They encourage you to do that. So you think you've hit your limit, and they say, just give me two more reps, all right? So, and then um, I was working through this class. Oh, by the way, I, I, there's a test at the end of the six weeks deal, the written test, and the best grade that you can make is a, is a hundred. I only made a 91. I just squeaked by and... You know, I was the eldest one in the class. I wanted to break those little young people in their curve. And th no, not really, but uh, I did make a 91. And, uh, and there's a practical test, too, at the gym, and I only missed one point out of 150 points. Just saying, you know, I, I didn't, didn't slip by. Just, just two more reps. Okay. So, um, and... I learned that uh, you can always make the exercise just a little better. So you do these lateral flies, and what if you were to rise up on your toes when you came up, huh? So you're working your, oh, get those calf muscles involved, gastrocnemius, and yeah, do that. And then one of my trainers that I'm observing right now, Meredith, she says, I love to scramble people's brains. I love to get their left and right hemispheres of their brains working at the same time. So she does, she does these flies like this. Ah, <laughs> see what I'm doing there? Just give me two more reps, all right? <laughs> so you're saying, Lynn, why are you telling us this? You think you've hit your limit. You think you've done all that you can do, but there'll be someone standing beside you, physical fitness trainer maybe, and says... I challenge you, give me two more reps. The passage today from Hebrews had this wonderful, provocative line that said, let us provoke one another to love and good deeds. Friends, that's why the church exists. The community of faith exists is to provoke one another to love and good deeds. Just give me two more reps, okay? This word uh, provoke is not that common in the New Testament. In fact, I only found it two times. This is one of those places. And we don't really know what the proper interpretation of that word is, how to translate it. I read a lot of different translations this past week, and some said, stir up one another. One said, spark one another, uh, encourage, challenge, uh, 
Anyhow, don't leave you like you are right now. Just give me two more reps. I'm wondering, some of you have been around the church for a while. Um, who has provoked you? <laughs> yeah. It's not a bad thing, is it? To be challenged, to be pushed. Uh, uh, in um, Facebook talk, to be poked, right? Poked just to do two more Two more reps. Forgive me as your pastor if I have not provoked you from time to time. We, we don't grow in physical fitness training or in spiritual fitness training. We don't grow unless someone sometimes says, just give me two more reps. You think that today, since we're talking about stewardship, that I want to provoke you <laughs> to fill out a pledge card. That would be nice. That's wonderful. That's good stuff. Uh, you think that I want to provoke you to increase the amount that you give. That, that's wonderful as well. It's not that simple. If I'm asking you to do just two more reps, to encourage you, to challenge you, to invite you to take some more steps, I have to go deeper. I have to get those other muscle fibers to fire when you take these two more reps. It says in the passage, that, that, that line I'm focusing on, to provoke one another to love and good deeds. I'm here to tell you, Westlake United Methodist Church, you do a great job with the good deeds part. I, I'm so proud of you. I mean, just... One of the most active, mission-minded churches with, with outreach to all kinds of people and groups all over the city, in fact, all over the world. And, and I want to praise you for that. However, I want to do two more reps and go to the first thing that it said, provoke one another to love. And that word is agape in Greek. It's a special kind of love. It's the love that God has for us in Jesus Christ, this is what we're called to do, is to be in the presence of that love and not just go out and do good things. In the passage, it talked about making offerings. Did you see that from our, our Jewish roots? That we got right by God by making particular offerings. And so, you, some of you have read your Old Testament, and you know how that goes, and you, you commit a sin, and so what do you do? Well, you go to the priest, and you offer a dove, and everything gets right with God. Or you do something else, a bigger kind of sin, and you offer a lamb, and, and then you get right with God. And you say, thank God, Lynn, we live in New Testament times. We're followers of Jesus, and we don't have to do all of that offering, all of those sacrifices. And then I got to wondering... Do we not sometimes try to do this even today, to get right with God, to make offerings? And we get in kind of a cycle, a rut, and we don't get challenged to do two more reps. And, and you say, well, Lynn, what are you talking about? And it's like this. Uh, well, uh, Pastor Lynn, you know, I went on that youth mission trip. Doesn't that get me right with God? Isn't that enough? And, and, and Pastor Lynn, I go not just to worship, I went to Sunday school too. I, you know, doesn't that, doesn't that count? 
Isn't, isn't that enough? Uh, or, or you say, uh, uh, Pastor Lynn, you know, at my workplace, I stand up for women and minorities and our hiring practices. And uh, it, doesn't that count? Isn't that good enough? Or you say, Pastor Lynn, I, I fill out a pledge card. And more than that, I, I actually pay it. You know, I fulfill it by, you know, by, by the end of the year. Is, isn't that enough? If we don't do it out of love, we've, we've missed the whole point. We Methodists believe in grace, God's unmerited love towards us. We believe that Jesus is the sacrifice. It says in the passage, He's offered Himself once for all, once for all humankind, and all of our repetitious acts, they don't matter unless we understand this first. That Christ has lived and died and been raised again from the dead for us. We cannot save ourselves no matter how many good deeds we do. Provoke one another to love. To Christ's love for us. And then the good deeds flow out of that. Our motivation comes out of thanksgiving to what God has already done for us. It is Jesus who is represented here. We, we follow the Christ. Can you accept that today? That gift for you? Can you just live into that? That you're loved. And that all that you do comes out of response to that love that God has for you. Some questions that might clarify this for us. Am I doing this to earn God's favor? Or am I trying to say thank you to Christ for His offering, for His saving us? So many times we get busy in the church, and the first question we ask is, can we do something? Do we have enough money? Do we have enough time? Do we have enough space in the building? Instead of asking, shall we do this? Is this what God is asking us to do? And sometimes we ask the question, will this please people? Instead of asking the question, will this please God? I'm afraid that sometimes we rush to good deeds and we do good things, but they're not necessarily godly things. I'm provoking you. I'm, I'm asking you to do two more reps here, challenging you. What is, what is our motivation for doing all of the good deeds that we do? We are not just another service club. <laughs> We're a church. We follow Christ. We are Christ-centered. He's offered Himself one sacrifice for all time. We do this in community. Let us provoke one another to love. There's four let us statements in this short passage here about let us draw near to God. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we have in Him. Let us provoke one another to love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some have. Don't we need to be together today in light of some things that have happened in our world? I'll say the word if you want me to. Paris, yes. Don't we need to be together to provoke one another to love and good deeds? We do this in community. It's such a wonderful gift that we have one another a safe place to provoke one another to love and good deeds. 
I want to give an example of, of community, of particularly Methodist community, and how that might look and feel for us. So I've been a pastor a long time. I'm in my 38th year of doing this thing, and I've, I've been with a lot of candidates for ordained ministry. I served 16 years on our Board of Ordained Ministry. Right now I'm serving on our District Committee on Ordained Ministry. And candidates come and they tell us their call stories and, and why they want to, to do this thing that I get to do. And so out of these hundreds of candidates, I was remembering a story this past week of, of a person who grew up in another faith tradition. And his faith tradition was pretty repetitive, predictable, um, pretty comfortable. And he found the United Methodists to be so refreshing because we would provoke one another in love. And, and we, we challenged him, uh, we provoked him and said, uh, what is it in particular that, that draws you to the United Methodist denomination and faith? And he said four words. Take, take this to heart, all right? He said, United Methodists yell, smile, smile. <laughs> We eat, we hug, we cry. Now, I know we're Westlake United Methodist Church, and we don't yell so much, okay? We're, we're much more sophisticated than that. We're more, or, more urbane. and So, we debate. <laughs> we discuss. We explore. We experiment, right? We, we try out Things We dance, we laugh, we play, we dare. Yes, we don't yell, but yeah, we get at that. And we eat. Don't we love to eat, congregation? Don't we love to eat? My goodness, Methodist, chicken fried Methodist. Oh, man, just, you know, that's a... We have uh, covered dish dinners and catered dinners and picnics and... Youth going out tonight, traveling, turkeys, and you're just, you know, we love to eat. And don't we love to eat? Don't we love to eat at this table? And we hug. That passing of the peace that we did, for me, is not a hollow act. It's not just good morning. It really is. The peace of Christ be with you. I don't know about you, but in today's world, I need to hear that. <laughs> the peace of Christ be with you in community. We need to provoke one another in that way to that kind of peace. The peace of Christ be with you. And we cry. And again, remembering Paris this day. We cry together, don't we? Just two more reps. <laughs> Challenge. Provoke one another to love and good deeds. Friends, I think my ministry candidate uh, person had it right about yell and eat and hug and cry because that's the God I know in Jesus Christ. Jesus, every time I think I get him figured out, he does something else. He says something that's provocative. Love your enemy? Forgive those? Eat with tax collectors and sinners? Hug? Just two more reps. You see my arms and my deltoid flies here?
hug and cry. Friends, this Jesus continues to come and provoke us to love and good deeds. That's the good news I have to share with you this day. Amen.